Amanda Lavin and Matthew Devlin are quality assurance workers at the video game developer Blizzard Albany, formerly Vicarious Visions. Their company developed well-known games like Guitar Hero, Call of Duty, and Diablo. They are currently involved in an effort to organize their workplace. I started out by asking them to explain what they do. I am the audio subject matter expert for Diablo 4, which means I am responsible for communicating with the audio team and understanding what their design is and what their intentions are so that um, I can create the test cases for it so that we can ensure that their designs are working as intended. We ad hoc test playing the game and trying to execute different actions that a player might do to see what happens and see if things break so that we can report that back to the designers and developers so that they can fix those. And I am part of the quest pod team. I specifically work with the quest structure, main campaign, and side quest content within the game. So you guys both play video games critically, right? Yes and no. <laughs> uh, a lot of my job actually isn't so much playing the game these days. Um, a lot of the, the requests that I'll get involve checking things out in the engine, writing documentation. There's a lot of technical writing as a quality assurance tester, like a lot. There's a whole massive workload involving spreadsheets and documentation that people just don't understand. They think that we just sit there and play games all day, whereas we're really like librarians when it comes to bugs. When and how did you start thinking that you wanted to organize your workplace? So the original union push uh, started over almost a year ago at this point. In July of 2021, there was a lawsuit filed by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing in California that alleged extensive sexual and racial harassment and discrimination perpetuated by Activision Blizzard and individuals at Activision Blizzard, which outraged pretty much everyone at the company. And the company's initial response to that lawsuit was abysmal. It was terrible basically calling the accusers liars, saying that the lawsuit was politically motivated. And so essentially people realized that we weren't going to see the kinds of changes that we need to see to improve our industry because these issues are prevalent across the entire game industry and we want better. So we realized it was really only going to happen if we took this into our own hands. And another inciting incident was the layoff of a dozen quality assurance workers at Raven Software, which is an Activision studio out in Wisconsin. And the remaining workers immediately went on strike. They were on strike for, I believe, six or seven weeks. And during that time, they organized their union. And so when they returned from striking, they immediately announced their intent to unionize. They went through their NLRB hearing. They got their decision, had their election, and got certified. And they're currently in their bargaining process. So while they were doing all of that, we were also working on our campaign and uh, talking to people in our department and assessing support and talking about the benefits that we could gain from unionizing, getting support. And we're very happy that um, there are currently 18 testers in our department who are eligible for the union. And 17 of those 18 have been very publicly supportive, signing on to collective letters, taking collective actions, pledging to vote yes. We announced our intent to unionize uh, July of this year, and we had our NLRB hearing in August. And we got our decision uh, at the end of October, and we have our vote count scheduled for Friday. So if the NLRB rejects the company's appeal, then we'll, we'll go forward with that. And if the NLRB decides to hear their appeal, then we'll have to wait um, until they have the time to do that and make a decision on it. I've certainly heard stories about the misogyny in the world of video game culture, I guess maybe not as much in video game creating, 
but oh it's there yeah so we usually think of organizing as specifically about your hours your your wages your benefits so how is it that successful organizing is going to help with that specific problem a lot of union leaders and a lot of um people who are organizing in other ways we have various worker-led committees who are doing research and looking for solutions to issues like sexual harassment, discrimination, compensation issues, the need for remote work, crunch culture. So a lot of these organizers, union and otherwise, are women, or they're non-binary, or they're members of other marginalized communities who are standing up and saying, we want to make this better. And the way that a union can help with that is that when, when you go to bargain, people think, okay, you're bargaining over your compensation and your benefits and things like that. But you can absolutely bargain over other aspects of your working conditions too, including things like what should the process be for reporting issues of harassment or discrimination or other workplace problems? What should discipline look like for that? And also having greater unity with your coworkers. One thing that I've definitely learned from this process is how much of a community you build when you get everyone pulling in the same direction. We protect each other. We stand up for each other. We talk to each other. Your employer didn't readily accept this move. Can you describe a little bit about the ways that they've resisted? We're so united that they keep trying to throw common union busting tactics at us as if our combined you know, voices will just be silenced by their massive wallets. We are so unified and publicly saying that this is what we want, that the, the company realizes they can't stop us from voting yes. So their tactic has largely been to try to otherize the union. They will not acknowledge our name, Game Workers Alliance Albany. They are constantly pointing at CWA, the Communication Workers of of America, which is the union we're organizing with, which we will be part of. But they're otherizing and acting like it's it's not the workers ourselves doing this. It's Mm -hmm. CWA coming in and taking advantage of us. And they're also trying to, in some ways, turn the rest of our studio, the rest of our team against us by saying things such as, we don't believe that this decision should be made by such a small, only a handful of employees that will affect the entire studio, which it won't. We, we're not going to be bargaining over anyone else's compensation or benefits or anything like that. We can't. We don't have that power. Only the company can do that. The company that is run by a small handful of individuals making decisions for thousands of employees. We've seen not so much captive audience meetings, but captive audience Slack channels. Yeah, I understand you even filed an unfair labor practice charge against uh, an executive for writing something in Slack. Lulu. Lulu, Lulu, right. It's a big statement saying, no, you're not a union, and we're, we're listening to talk to you. But then they locked comments and allowed no one to respond to this big statement. They say one thing, yeah. they do another. The origin of the unfair labor practice is because she said something along the lines of um, unionizing, delaying raises and improvements to benefits, which is not true. It's just that if the company wants to make a change, they have to make sure it's okay with the union. And again, the union is the workers. It would be us. So if we win our union, when we win our union, before we have a contract, if the company wants to give everyone a raise, they can come to us and we can discuss it as a unit and we can say, yes, absolutely. You can give us a raise <laughs> yeah. and they can do it. There's nothing stopping them from doing it, but they're, they're kind of manipulating sure. the truth here. It's not, it's, it's really it's, not true. Right. It's funny to imagine you're collectively bargaining against raises. Um, yeah, that's what the they think we're trying to do. 
Yeah, but if but the the power in that is if the company decided they wanted to downsize our department and lay off a third of us, like what they did to Raven, uh, they would have to come to the union, and we could say absolutely not. You're not going to do that. We're not going to accept that. And if you try that, we will strike, and then you'll lose the entire department and probably other people who will join us in solidarity, which is going to severely impact productivity. So uh, having the union gives us power that we didn't have before. You explained what happens on Friday, which either you're going to have your vote or you're going to be waiting on a hearing. What's the next steps that you are seeing after this? As you say, when this is resolved, when you win this vote. So the next thing we'll do after winning our union is get certified, sign our union membership cards. We'll elect democratically our bargaining committee, and we'll start having discussions as a unit about the kinds of things that we want to see in a first contract. We'll start determining how we're going to bargain with uh, management, and we'll just get that process going. We'll have other mobilizing committees too, to make sure that our strength continues to be seen, that we continue to act collectively, we continue to show our unity. The power of being in a union derives from your unity. So we want to make sure that we're seen as a strong, cohesive unit who will protect each other. They said two heads are stronger than one. And so, you know, 20 heads is stronger than two, right? We're, we're confident that we're going to win our union. And when we elect our bargaining committee, we're only going to be looking out for our best interests. There's no way we're going to be voting in any way, shape or form to lose benefits as if anyone would ever vote for a smaller paycheck or less vacation time. Mm-hmm. It would be insanity to do that. Um, but that's the kind of games that they're playing with us. They, they're trying to convince everyone else. They're trying to convince everyone that we're the prize, that we're the problem, that we're going to cause issues for everybody else. And it's just frankly not true. So we're excited for the future. That was Amanda Lavin and Matthew Devlin of the Game Workers Alliance. Because of the huge snowstorm expected in Buffalo, a decision on the company's appeal has been postponed. Reporting for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, this is Moses Nagel.